You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to this second half hour of Real Presence Live. Your hosts are myself, Jack Canelli, and my wife, Doreen. And before we get to our next guest, though, we want to give Doreen an opportunity to tell us one of her wonderful jokes, because I know a lot of people just are, have been waiting for that, and we didn't get one in here yet. So let's see what we can right. do. Okay. So we're in the season of winter. What do you call a winter monster with six-pack abs? A winter monster with six-pack abs. Uh, that's taking more. That's going to take more time, I think, than we really want to give here. So okay. to avoid dead air. The abdominal snowman. Oh, I get it. <laughs> okay. We're missing our laugh track today, so the you effect isn't quite time. isn't isn't quite what it should be. But anyway, let's let's get to talking with our with our next guest, and it's it's Kevin Vost. And uh, Kevin, where are you from? I'm from Springfield, Illinois, the land of Lincoln. We call it around here. Yes, that's right. And uh, you have written a book. Uh, you are that temple, a Catholic guide to health and holiness. And it's uh, well. I, th- I tell you what, why don't we, uh, rather than me try to give you a, a, a big introduction, uh, why don't you just introduce yourself and tell us about the book, and uh, we'll just kind of go from there. Sure, I'd be happy to. First, I-, I love that joke. I will be passing that one along about the abominable, the abdominal snowman. <laughs> well, I have it a particular grandson. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. That's right. It fits with our theme. I have a particular uh, grandson in mind who's going to love that. He was kind of... Kind of joke. So yeah, I'm I'm from Springfield, Illinois. Uh, I'm a father, a husband, father, grandfather. I'm a guy who was raised Catholic, read the wrong philosophers in my late teens, spent about 25 years as an atheist. In my early 40s, the Holy Spirit and the writings of Saint Thomas Aquinas brought me back uh, to the Church. So uh, and since that time, in 2004, I've written over a couple dozen Catholic books on, on various uh, topics. But about my background, most related to this particular book, You Are That Temple on Health and Holiness, my, my professional training is as a clinical psychologist, and my dissertation work was the early detection of Alzheimer's disease. And when I was a college professor, I usually taught human development courses, the, the whole lifespan, psychology of adolescence, psychology of aging. I also, in my own personal background, I've been a weightlifter for about uh, 50 years or so, I uh, used to compete in bodybuilding, powerlifting, Olympic lifting, Highland Games, and, and other things, and used to be a weightlifting instructor, and, I, and I've written some, some articles and books uh, about fitness. And, and one last area, actually, my, my, through my main career from 1984 to 2016, I adjudicated mental and physical disability claims for the Social Security Administration. So I would see many hundreds of people, so I would read their complete medical records. Uh, every year. So those are the main things that, that tie into my focus on this book, my interest in, in human psychology, in strength and fitness training, and in understanding the impact of, of disease on people's lives. So was all of those things that kind of inspired you to put the book together, or was there, you know, more of a spiritual thing that inspired this particular book? Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's more than just a secular book, because mm-hmm. it is tying into the fundamental idea that, you know, we are, as God made us, of beings with body and soul, you know, of, of intellect and spirit. So one of the key themes for this book, the reason it's called You Are That Temple, 
is is borrowing a verse from from St. Paul, where he says in 1 Corinthians 3, 16-17, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? And later he says, For God's temple is holy, and that temple you are. So that's where you are, that temple comes from. And then, too, even a few chapters down in 1 Corinthians 6, St. Paul says again, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. So that hopefully is the overarching theme in this book. We're not just trying to to, uh, build our bodies so we'll have those six-pack abs like the abdominal (laughs) snowman. Uh, You know, we're doing it to glorify God, to show Him gratitude for our bodies, to make them fit and healthy, and better able to do His work for our neighbors. Well, in a way, there's a certain kind of, uh, what would I say, ominousness <laughs> about this in that, uh, to me, you know, the the suggestion is that if you do not take care of your body, that could be a matter of confession. Oh, yeah, 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 yes, absolutely. You know, we, we are really called to take care of our body in an extreme form. You know, even St. Paul says, if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. That's pretty extreme case, and I'm sure few of us are, are purposely trying to de- destroy our temples, but we are called, you know, to, to, to think about them, to take proper care of our bodies as, as good stewards of, of everything that God has given us. Yeah, I have to remember that every morning when I have to, when I ponder getting up to go out to the Y. <laughs> <laughs> or when well, you decide how much butter to put on your toast, <laughs> I bet that would be a consideration then, too. <laughs> I think we're opening up a, a, an area that uh, that uh, Kevin's not prepared to talk about here, Doreen. <laughs> <laughs> Marriage counseling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, I guess we've kind of talked about what do we mean when we say that the body is a temple, have we not? Or do you want to expand on a little bit on that one, Kevin? Sure. Just, you know, most of us might Some people... Some people have the idea that, that Christianity and Catholicism teaches that somehow the body is bad and only the soul, the spirit, is good, you know, but that's not the case whatever. We know from Scripture that our bodies, you know, are holy. We hear time and time in, in the book of Genesis, when God's creating something, he says, and it was good, and it was very good. So our bodies are good. We are called to be stewards to take care of them uh, properly. And then again, you know, St. Paul clearly tells us our bodies are as temples of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit resides within us. You know, and not just merely within our souls, but within the bodies, because we're we're a composite of body and soul. Yeah, and uh, did you have a question, Dreen? No, no, I was just going to say, it, really, when you stop and, and pause and consider it, it makes perfect sense, too, that we aren't, we aren't a soul living in a body. We are body, soul. Right, yeah. yeah. And then, um, I guess... Uh, uh, the responsibilities to that temple. Uh, yeah, yeah, and if I can just elaborate just a bit more, too, on that. You know, our own catechism says, the unity of soul and body is so profound that one has to consider the soul to be the form of the body. Then it says, mm. spirit and nature in man are not two natures united, but rather their union forms a single nature. So we are both, and the Church also teaches, you know, when we die, the soul is separated from the body, but when Christ comes again at the final judgment, we will be reunited with bodies. And we will, we will be body and soul throughout uh, eternity. So it's very, very important. So it does imply, you know, we have responsibilities to take care of these bodies, to show gratitude for them, to keep them as strong and healthy as we're able to. 
Could you share with us the paragraph number of that quote from the Catechism, Kevin? Was it a specific uh, yeah, paragraph? Sure, sure, I'd be happy to. Uh, oh, it came to my printer a little fuzzy. I think it's paragraph 365. It could be a three. I think it's three, 365, talking okay. about our body and soul union. And if I could elaborate just a little bit, too, I was brought back to the church I mentioned by the writings of St. Thomas Aquinas, so I'm always immersed in them. And Thomas writes about just about everything. And when he's talking about what Jesus gave us as the greatest commandment, you know, to love God with all that we are, in our mind and heart and strength and, and soul, and then to love our neighbor as ourselves, Thomas says that when we're told to love ourselves, he said that then includes loving our own bodies, not only our souls, because we are these unities. So even the great commandment and the second commandment that follows us does tell us to take care of these beautiful gifts from God that are our own bodies. What a great reminder. Um, and I'm, I'm sure there's something also about um, not going overboard, you know, and not, not making our bodies uh, something that we kind of almost worship. Yeah. But it's, it's, oh, exactly. Yeah. It's interesting for us to be having this discussion about caring for our bodies because, and in, in, in you think in terms of culturally, you know, we've got obesity and poor health is increasing in numbers, and it's kind of like, well, what's going on there? And the mutilation of bodies. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, Kevin, do you have any ideas for, you know, what are the reasons why obesity and poor health is increasing in numbers? Yeah, and it certainly has. I saw in disability that more and more people in our disability claims were obese, and the rates of obesity were higher. Their BMIs, their body mass was bigger and bigger as the decades went by. And it seems to me, for my research, the fundamental reason here has been fundamental changes in the way that we eat, primarily moving from what I call real foods as God made them, the kind of foods our great-grandparents would have eaten, you know, meats and dairy and vegetables and fruits. We've moved towards these highly processed foods that have been higher in, in uh, primarily higher in sugar and in man-made fats. And this has led to what's called the metabolic syndrome, where people are suffering high blood pressure, uh, diabetes, uh, obesity, especially central obesity around the waistline. The waistline. So from my perspective, that the biggest change has been changes in diets in the last 40 to 50 years that has made us this, given us this metabolic unhealthiness, which is tied into things like obesity and diabetes. Both of them have been grown in epidemic uh, numbers. Like in 1980, 15% of Americans were obese, and now it's about 45%. It's virtually tripled. Uh, same with young children. It's almost four times as many children now are as obese as they were 40 years ago, and diabetes has shown an eight-fold increase since the late uh, 1950s, and many of these have been tied to changes in our diet. And one other I'll mention, there's something called non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, which I never even heard of in my first decade or two of doing disability, but now is very, very prevalent. So more people now are found to have fatty livers from their diets than from people who drink too much alcohol. Do you think, I remember as a kid, my favorite breakfast food was called uh, Sugar Jets. And, of course, now uh, it seems like all the cereal makers have taken the word sugar out of any of their titles. Do you think the industry has done anything to incre- decrease the amount of sugars in our diets, or is it basically just changing titles and using words? Yeah, I think you see a lot of that to changing titles. For, for decades, too, the, the trend was to try to reduce fat. So all the products claimed that they were low-fat, but they often replaced it with sugar, which actually worsened the problem. And now we see that there's a growing awareness of the dangers of sugar, 
So oftentimes these products are, are reducing that. So again, one of the main things you can do if you avoid those processed foods and eat real foods, you don't have to worry so much about what these manufacturers are calling their products. Okay, well, we're coming up on a break uh, uh, right now, I think, and uh, I guess on the other side of the break, we can maybe talk a little bit about uh, how to lead healthy lives now that we've kind of talked about, you know, what's out there that's contributing to, uh, you know, our obesity and bad health. Let's talk about what we can do about it. So stay with us for more uh, Real Presence Live. We're talking with Kevin Volst, and uh, we'll be back. Stay in tune. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. In today's political and cultural landscape, it can be difficult to argue that there is an objective truth because in today's age, feelings and desires rule. In a word, sentimentality prevails. Because sentimentality prevails, we applaud grossly immoral behavior in the name of fairness. We cannot reason through issues because we wouldn't want to be mean. But Christ wants more for us than to be subject to sentimentality. He wants us to use our unique human reason to reach the truth about our world and the next. John 8.32 says, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. It's no secret that parents and students alike love the University of Mary, the nation's most affordable, serious Catholic university. The Mary community provides students with a home away from home, one that is grounded in the rich vibrancy of the church. With nearly 60 degree programs, 18 NCAA Division II athletic teams, and a thriving university ministry program, there's something for everyone. Find your place at Mary. Visit cometomary.life. Real Presence Radio is available on Google Assistant devices, including Google Home, phones, tablets, and smart displays. To start this action, say something like, Okay, Google, talk to Real Presence Radio. It will then ask what station you want to play, to which you can respond, Play Sioux Falls, or Play AM 970, or Play WWEN. From there, you can use words like Play, Pause, and Stop. Listen to RPR anytime, anywhere, on Google Assistant devices. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live with Jack and Dreen Canelli as your host. We're talking with Kevin Vost, excuse me. And uh, but before we uh, we get uh, return to our the actual interview, uh, I tell you, Dreen's. The response to Doreen's last riddle was just so overwhelming. We figured we just got to do another one before we get on with the the substance of our program here today. And Kevin, you get to also uh, respond as well if you think you got the answer. Okay, continuing with our theme of uh, physical fitness, let's say. Mm -hmm, My middle name. (laughs) How does a snowman get around town? Kevin? <laughs> I've not really seen any traveling around here. I don't know. 
by Icicle. Oh, I love that. Oh, that is so good. Oh, man. Can't you see it? Boy, we're we're on a roll today. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay, back to the serious stuff. Back to the great topic. Yes. And, 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 um, well, let's just talk about, um, and I, and I think this, this is covered in your book. How, how do the cardinal virtues help us to lead healthy and holy lives? We're, we know we're, we're kind of, going to talk about how we can do things to live better lives. Yeah, exactly. And again, this is where we're so blessed, you know, with the wisdom of the Church and the, the great saints and theologians and doctors who, who've written to enlighten us. And here, I'm going to start with a couple quotations from St. Thomas Aquinas. And he says, Virtue, inasmuch as it is a suitable disposition of the soul, is like health and beauty, which are suitable dispositions of the body. Then he says, but if a man ex- uses exercise, food, and drink in moderation, he will become physically strong, and his health will be improved and preserved. It is the same with the virtues of the soul. For instance, fortitude, temperance, and the other virtues. So Thomas calls virtues like perfections of the powers God gave us. And these can apply to our, our mental powers, our spiritual, moral powers, and also even to our physical powers. So I'll go through just a quick look at the way that what are called the four cardinal moral virtues can be applied to keeping us healthy as well as holy. Uh, the, the first one is fortitude. Some of us may know it also as courage. But Thomas says fortitude is our capacity to overcome or endure difficulties to obtain worthwhile goals. So I apply that to exercise, right? Because uh, like overcoming difficulties kind of defines strength training. You know, you might get weights that are that feel really heavy to you. You're going to try to overcome them, and hopefully over time you become stronger and stronger. You can overcome more and uh, more difficult obstacles. But Thomas also says that the key aspect of fortitude is the ability to endure hard things. Well, we also have what we call cardiovascular or, or uh, aerobic or endurance training, where we have to, might have to experience some difficulty and just keep persevering despite that. So I think... Fortitude is a virtue we can call into play to get us to exercise our bodies, you know, properly. Maybe to do some strength training, maybe to do some kind of physical activity that that lasts for a long time. Uh, the second uh, cardinal virtue is temperance, you know, or self-control or moderation. So obviously that has direct uh, implications in terms of our our diet. I think it was mentioned earlier. You know, exactly how much butter are we going to put on our toast? Exactly how many pieces of toast we're going to eat? You know, things like that. So. So if we exercise the virtue of, of temperance, it, it can be directly, very simply related to the way we feed our bodies, you know, moderating it, not doing too much, not taking in too much of bad things, maybe not taking in too little of good things as well. The third uh, the uh, cardinal virtue, uh, prudence or practical wisdom. Uh, and the way I like to apply it to, to this topic of bodily health is we need to, to figure out ways to eat and exercise that make sense for our own lives and our, t- our times in life. So, for example, for, for exercise, some of us might think, well, if I can't exercise every day, I might as well forget it. Well, I had times earlier in my life, when I was going to school, working full-time, had young children, where for my strength training, I did as little as one day a week, like 20 minutes once a week, you know. But that was not enough at that point in my lifestyle to make a difference. So now I'm an old guy, I'm retired, you know, I can get up and exercise as much as I want. But that prudence then is applying your own lifestyle. How can I eat? How can I exercise that makes sense for me 
that, that will have a positive benefit but won't you know, make me spend all my day exercising instead of taking care of my family and, and so forth. So, so prudence can definitely apply to the way we eat and exercise. And then finally, the fourth of the cardinal virtues is justice, and this relates most specifically to how we relate to other people. And the way I've applied it when writing about fitness is to think of uh, it, justice is basically giving others their rightful due. So I'm trying to focus on specific groups that might have specific needs in terms of their health and fitness, such as, you know, women's special needs versus men, or younger people, or, or pregnant mothers, or now even, even infants, children within the womb, and of course, men and women later in life. So if we apply the virtue of justice to health and fitness, we'll try to recognize the special needs of special people. Oh yes, and this also can include people with mental and physical disabilities of various sorts, because those people also still have bodies and minds that, that we need to try to take care of and, and help them take care of. Okay, well, let's... Uh... Well, it's just such a beautiful practical application of the cardinal virtues in our lives. Um, uh, it, and do you expound on that in the book, Kevin? Yeah, let, let's talk specifically about the book right now. You know, tell us the, you know... Uh, What's the name of it? What were your goals in writing it? And, the, you know, the topics that you've covered, because I'm sure they'll all be very useful to our listeners, and uh, particularly if they buy your book. Okay, great. Yeah, the book is called You Are That Temple, A Catholic Guide to Health and Holiness. And this is from Sophie Institute Press. It just came out a month or so ago. And about the book itself, you know, I've been involved in fitness for many years, and I've written three previous books that touch in various ways on training the body. But this book is all. It does. This book does include chapters on different kinds of exercise for bodily strength and just normal physical activity. But this book, more than the previous ones, the focus is not so much just on fitness, but on overall health. How do we keep ourselves functional and healthy as much as possible throughout our lifetime? So part of that, of course, was inspired by what we went through with with our pandemic. You know, and the idea that the people who fared the worst were the people with underlying medical problems to begin with. So, so what can we do, you know, to, to make ourselves healthier, less susceptible to these other uh, diseases? So I tried to focus on that. So, so the first few chapters talk about, like, these different pandemics we've had in obesity, diabetes, non-alcoholic, fatty liver disease, Alzheimer's, things like that. And then I tried to zoom in on, well, what, what can we do about it? So there is a chapter called The Virtues of Fitness, where I talk about the cardinal virtues, but also the theological virtues of faith, hope, and charity, how those would apply. And even the, the intellectual virtues of, of knowledge, understanding, and wisdom, and how that can apply to, to knowing how to properly care for our bodies. But then the book goes through fundamental several chapters on nutrition. You know, it looks primarily at the value of eating real foods as God made them versus too much ultra-processed foods. There are particular chapters on protein and carbohydrate and fat and, and recent research on that. And again, I, I do have chapters that talk about different ways to exercise. And there are chapters that look at the special needs of those special groups that we talked about, women, children, older people, people with mental or physical disabilities. And I'll tell you, one of my main impetuses for writing this book was, I have been involved in strength training and in running and things all my life, and I stayed strong and healthy, very strong up to age 60 or so. I'm, I'm 61 now. But I realized, even despite all that exercise, some of my health parameters were not good. My blood pressure was too high. My waistline was too big. Uh, things like that, but I realized with new research on nutrition, I was able to turn those things around, lower my blood pressure, totally get rid of the gastrointestinal reflux that I had, things like this, within a matter of weeks by eating the proper kind of food. So, so one of the main themes of this book is exercise is important. It can help us in many ways, but as I say, you cannot exercise a poor diet. So if we're going to have optimal 
physical health, mental health, and be in the best spiritual shape, you know, to serve God and neighbor, we need to make sure that we're, we're eating the kind of foods that God laid out for us to eat. I'm getting a look across the table here. I... <laughs> okay, I've already looked it, uh, looked it up on Amazon while I'm sitting here <laughs> to get a gift for our family. <laughs> no, oh. no, it sounds so incredibly um, needed for for this time in you know in our culture. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to be thanking you for all of this, Kevin. To maybe a few months down the road, <laughs> when I yeah. when I see the the the, the positive results of uh, any lifestyle changes I might be making. Yeah, but it's so beautiful that it can be. We can care for ourselves, and we don't always have to turn to medication for the fix. Right. No. And I, I, I think for me, the, the, the spiritual aspect of, you know, caring for your temple, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's really important to keep which, that in mind. Which is really caring for others at the same time. Right. So, yeah, I mentioned the, the concept of a, being a dynamo of charity. I mean, yes. energize yourself so you can do those acts that you need for, for the people who love you and depend on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where can people get your book? You mentioned it's Sophia Institute Press. But, uh, yeah, Sophia Institute Press. Amazon, yeah, only also, ha- Amazon only has 11 uh, copies left, so... <laughs> yeah, so order, order soon. FYI. <laughs> I have more coming in, though. Yeah. yeah, Amazon, you know, all your major internet sellers, and if you have a local Catholic bookstore, maybe they have it or, or could get a hold of it. Mm-hmm. Do you have a website of your own? The, oh, the yeah, people- I, I do. Would you yeah, like to share it? Yeah, D-R-V-O-S-T dot com. I don't sell books from it, but there is a comment box on the bottom if anyone would like to contact me with a comment or a question. Dot com, did you say? D-R-V-O-S-T dot com, Dr. com. Very good. Okay, well, we've got a little more than a minute before we uh, come on to our hard break. Do you have any final thoughts or reflections that you'd like to pass on to our listeners? Words of encouragement. Yeah. Sure, sure, I will. First, of course, the fundamental is the spiritual. We're doing this to honor God and neighbor. So that should be a very worthwhile goal. The second is, this book is not all about, okay, now how can I fire up my willpower? Part of the theme of this book is, if we eat the way God intended, use our bodies the way God intended, it will almost become easy because we will simply will not feel hungry all the time and we will have more energy and feel like getting out there and doing more. Wonderful. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for being on with us. I, I said thanks so much for having yes, me. Yes, and good luck with, uh, with your book and uh, good luck for those of us who might be trying to abide by it. <laughs> Okay, you're listening to Real Presence Live, and after the break, we'll explore the life and legacy of St. Thomas Becket and what we can learn from his steadfastness to the faith. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. 